we are in Acts 5, we're picking up in verse 12. Um, so if you want to grab a Bible and just turn turn there, um, I'll get straight into it. Acts 5, verse 12. Now, many signs and wonders were regularly done among the people by the hands of the apostles, and they were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest there joined them, but the people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that they even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats, that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So at first glance, this kind of looks like a fairly self-explanatory self-explanatory passage, I think. You know, people are healed, signs and wonders are done, something about shadow, um, and more and more people get, um, get saved. However, if you uh, take a, a moment to pause and look a little more closely, there are a few more things going on. And it, in fact, I, I spent up until this week just trying to figure out what on earth was going on you know, who are all of the they's and the them's and the people and the rest um so after a good long time of kind of reading those four verses over and over again um and not being any clearer i turned to some smarter people to provide some answers um and it turns out that there are some difficulties understanding the greek text in the bible and there's a few kind of different interpretations that are possible um, so I've read from the ESV this morning. Your Bible may um, have read slightly differently, um, but I'm just going to read the passage again with what I think is, um, and hopefully make it clearer in a way that I think best honours what's going on, so that we can kind of figure out who all of these different they's and them's are. Um, so now many signs and wonders were regularly done, um, done among the Jewish people by the hands of the apostles. And the apostles were all together in Solomon's portico. None of the rest of the Christians there joined the apostles, but the Jewish people held them in high esteem. And more than ever, believers were added to the Lord, multitudes of both men and women, so that the Jewish people even carried out the sick into the streets and laid them on cots and mats that as Peter came by, at least his shadow might fall on some of them. The Jewish people also gathered from the towns around Jerusalem, bringing the sick and those afflicted with unclean spirits, and they were all healed. So as I said, your Bible translation may, um, may have read slightly differently, may have had a slightly different emphasis or, or reading, and that's okay. You know, as I said, there's a few uh, different interpretations which are possible. I just think this is the one that kind of best honors the text is, the, is for me at least the most natural natural reading so we have these three characters or these three groups of people we've got the apostles we've got um the rest of the christians and we have the jewish people so the apostles they're back in the temple they're um, preaching again they were there at the end of acts three um and we get this situation where the rest of the church the rest of the christians are afraid to join them because of what happened to the apostles last time. So the Jewish leaders got angry. Um, Peter and John got arrested. They got imprisoned. They went on trial. Um, maybe as well, the rest of the Christians are also a little afraid of what has just happened to Ananias and Sapphira. The apostles, however, 
are actually showing some courage. They're willing to, to go and preach and heal kind of boldly in the temple. They're actually living out what the whole church prayed together in Acts 4, 29 to 30, that God would give them boldness to continue to speak while he performed signs and wonders, even though they know they could get arrested and imprisoned again, which, as we'll see next week, does actually happen. And the Jewish people are responding to God in multitudes, bringing those who are sick and seeing them heal, bringing those um, who are afflicted with evil spirits and seeing them set free, gathering not just from Jerusalem, from the immediate area, but from towns and villages all around the city, packing out the streets just to see their, um, their loved ones get healed and get set free. Um, even if, as I said, from Peter's shadow, which I'll, I'll leave somebody else to talk about another another day. Um, in spite of their fear, the apostles are being faithful to what Jesus had instructed them to do, and God is working mightily through them. So I have two, two questions for you this morning, and the first question is, what are you afraid of? Um, what are you afraid of? And I don't mean spiders or snakes or the dark or your mother-in-law. I I mean, what are you afraid of when it comes to doing what Jesus has made you to do? When it comes to doing what Jesus has instructed you to do, which is to glorify him and to make disciples. What are you afraid of when it comes to doing what Jesus has made you for in the, the place that he's put you? Whether you're a business leader and it's your clients and your network or your, your work in an office or a factory or a, or a shop and it's your colleagues or whether you're a stay-at-home parent and you're discipling your children or you're retired and it's your wider family, your neighbours, your friends, whatever it is, whatever that place is that God's put you, what is it that you're afraid of doing? Um, what makes you afraid of being who Jesus has called you to be in that place? You know, our, our fears might not be um, persecution, arrest, imprisonment, but they might be fear of being laughed at or of being rejected or fear of our kids wandering away if we you know push Christianity on them of, of losing our job maybe or of not getting the next client or contract or paycheck maybe our fears are something slightly different maybe we're afraid that God won't show up you know we read this passage and we read about signs and wonders being done and we Listen back to Nigel last week talking about Ananias and Sapphira and our fear is not that God's going to strike people down dead, but maybe our fear is that he won't show up at all if we step out in faith. What are you afraid of? That's my first question. And my second question, just for you to ponder on, is how would you live if you weren't afraid? How would you live in your workplace, in your home, amongst your neighbours, in that place that God's put you in? How would you live if you weren't afraid? Um, and I'm, I'm not just asking these questions of you. Um, I came out of sick form out of college and I went straight to work for a church in Eastbourne um, for a training year, which was this massive um, it kind of formative year for me and my faith and what I believed God was speaking to me about, um, about the future. And when I moved back to Swindon, um, very kindly, somebody in the church got me a job working for Nationwide. And I spent my first year at Nationwide, um, having just come from this, you know, life-changing year working for a church, 
um, is involved in youth and worship here at Gateway. And I'd sit there all day with my headphones in. It wasn't a very important job. Sit there all day with my headphones in, typing away on my keyboard, listening to these great preachers telling me to have a bold and risky faith. Um, and I was so terrified of looking stupid that I did not tell a soul I was even a Christian, let alone pray for somebody to come to faith or pray for somebody to be healed or any of those kinds of things. Um, and actually, it was only um, it was only when Rob Coe, who some of you will know, got me a job working in his his team that it began to change. And, and honestly, only <laughs> only even then, very reluctantly on my part, because there's not much you can do when your boss starts talking about church on Sunday in front of everybody else. I was painfully, painfully terrified of what people would think of me. Um, and even to this day, actually, if I'm very honest, um, it's still the thing I fear the most is, is looking stupid of what people will think of me. And I know that my fear is tied up in pride, it's tied up in my sinfulness, but it's something I, I still have to wrestle with frequently. It's something that still paralyzes me into inaction on occasion. Um, I'm reminded of that verse in, in John 12. Um, Nevertheless, many even of the authorities believed in him, but for fear of the Pharisees, they did not confess it so that they would not be put out of the synagogue, for they loved the glory that comes from man more than the glory that comes from God. You know, I'd have, I'd have been sat there with the rest of the church, uh, cowering in the corner while the apostles were out in the temple doing what all of these great preachers were telling me to do. Um, you know, more often than not, I still fail to live up to those those um, preachers' standards, those, what those preachers were encouraging me to do. But I keep asking God by his spirit to change me. And I keep asking him to work through me anyway. And that actually is the key thing that I want us to understand this morning, that God works despite our fear. You know, if you look at verse 14 in this passage, which I've just lost, um, if you look at verse 14 in this passage, more than ever, believers were added to the Lord. The, the NIV translation says, nevertheless, more, uh, men, more and more men and women believed in the Lord. You know, even though we have fears that can hold us back, that can paralyze us into inaction, into sitting on the sidelines, nevertheless, Jesus's glory and power will be seen and known. Nevertheless, signs of the kingdom will be seen and known. Nevertheless, people will be healed and set free. Nevertheless, people will be added to the Lord. That is certain. Why? Because it's dependent on God and not on us. Sometimes God graciously answers our prayers with boldness by completely taking away our fears. More often, at least in my experience, I think he chooses to work through us in spite of our fear. Sure, he, he says to us, like he said to if you remember the story of Gideon in Judges 6, where Gideon's so afraid of the, of the Midianites that he's hiding in the wine press. Um, he, sometimes he says to us, like he said to Gideon, he's like, go in the strength that you have, I'm sending you. But when we answer like Gideon, how, Lord, I am the least, I am the weakest, he also says, I will be with you. And he says, you'll receive power when my Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses. You know, we can see God working 
despite fear, even in the apostles. You know, just at, at the end of the Gospels, Peter was so terrified of persecution that he was he was denying Jesus. And now he's here preaching in the temple. Um, even the Christians here in this story who are so afraid just within a short time are the ones who who are again are speaking up as we see Stephen doing in the next chapter speaking up the rest of the church even though Stephen ends up being stoned he ends up being killed for for what he does you know God works in spite of our fear so three things just to just to think on do pray about just as I finish um so firstly, let's question our fears, as I, as I encouraged us to do at the start. What are we afraid of? Go one step further. Why? Why are we afraid of it? And how would we live differently if we weren't afraid of that thing? And then secondly, confess our fears to God and to one another. Let's pray. Let's take that, that prayer that the church prays at the end of Acts 4 um, let's pray that together ask God to give us boldness to continue to be who he's made us to be in the places that we are to continue to step out in faith and we'll ask him to be the one who backs us up the one who performs the signs and the wonders and the healings and then thirdly let's confront our fears obedience to God requires courage and there's that great quote which I I don't know um, who said it but um, courage isn't that absence of fear, but it's the resolve to act in spite of it. Um, and that's what we that's what we need to do if we're going to be obedient to God is to act in spite of our fear, remembering that we don't walk on our own, that God is with us and that he has given us power. So. Let me just finish by praying and then I'll hand back to to Nigel. Father, we, we come to you this morning and we confess our fears. Father, I confess my fear of, 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 of man, my fear of looking stupid in front of other people. Lord, we confess our fears to you, the fears that stop us being who you've made us to be, that stop us doing what you've instructed us to do, the fears that paralyze us into inaction. Or would you give us the courage to confront those fears, to question them and to act in obedience to you? But would you give us the courage to know that you're with us, that you're with us, that we can step out in faith and that you won't let us down. Father, we, we pray that you'd give us those eyes to see and know that you are good, that you walk alongside us, that you have given us power. I'm just um, reminded of that story of Elisha. I think it's in Two Kings where... Um, where the um, is it the king of of Syria is coming to is coming to kill Elisha, and he sends this huge army and they surround the city. Um, and Elisha's servant comes out in the morning and he sees this this array of chariots and warriors around the city ready to kill Elisha. And he's again he's petrified and El and he runs into Elisha. And he's like you know come come what are we going to do? And Elisha says something along the lines of fear not for those who are with us are more than those who are with them and and the servants like what what are you on about and and Elisha prays God would you open his eyes to see 
And as he prays this, the servant looks up and he just sees chariots of fire, the heavenly hosts, the heavenly army surrounding the city, surrounding Elisha. Father, would you give us eyes to see that you are with us, that we can overcome our fears because you are with us, because you give us the power, because it's dependent on you and not on us. So, Father, I just pray for us that same prayer that the church prayed in, in Acts 4. Lord, grant to your servants to continue to speak your word with all boldness while you stretch out your hand to heal and signs and wonders are performed through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. Amen.